Yo, I don't know what era you grew up in, but Saturday mornings I had Rugrats, I had Hey Arnold, I was playing my Game Boy. It worked for 90s kids. Have a seat, I'ma tell you about the best decade. Okay, Yo, so, insert funny face. intro song, <laughs> insert something. <laughs> and hi, welcome to Worked for 90s Kids. I'm Chelsea. I'm Jillian. Hi, Jillian. Hi, How Chelsea. are you today? Oh, you know, just peachy. How's your week been? Um, it's my first week back to work since vacation, so it's been okay. Yeah, just getting back into the swing of things, and kids are back in daycare, and I'm back at work from home. Nice. Because, you know, in COVID times. Hashtag pandemic. How about you? How's your week going? This week has been long. It's been long, so I'm very excited to have you over here today. Me too. And doing some fun, silly things for our mental health. Okay, so, um, Jilly, we said our names. Let's talk about how the podcast, how we got the idea for the podcast first and how it kind of like evolved okay so uh, i got a phone call from chelsea one evening following a series of cryptic text messages that kept asking me did you watch the rugrats yes but did you love the rugrats yes why are you asking me this 30 seconds later, my phone rang, and a very excited Chelsea said... Well, uh, okay, <laughs> Rugrats are on Hulu. Uh, so here's a PSA, in case you didn't know this. If you have a Hulu subscription, the Rugrats are on there for free. Mm. Yeah, so it was so exciting. I can't remember what we were actually watching. Probably My 600-pound Life, because that's our other <laughs> guilty pleasure. And then it was, like, suggested for you Rugrats. It's very oh, random. Suggested for me? How did you know? <laughs> So I watched the first episode, and I'm just, like, squealing. I'm like, I have not seen this since I was probably eight years old, and I cannot believe how much is going on in this episode. And so, yeah, I, I it needed to be discussed. But then it just – you had the idea to turn it into – Into a more general – so originally, Chelsea said we have to watch all the Rugrats episodes and do a podcast and talk about them. And then I thought, well, the 90s were such – a gift to humanity a with all of humanity. the, Amen. with the movies and the TV shows and the cartoons and the music and the styles. And I said, listen, let's expand this a little bit. And we were trying to think of a title for our podcast, a name for our podcast. And I suggested worked for 90s kids. And here we are. Here we are. I'm really excited. So nice. But um, in the merging of the two ideas, we decided to stick with our first episode still being Rugrats based. Um, so Jillian and I rewatched season one, episode one of the Rugrats and took notes and we are going to dissect it for you. But I feel like I want because I'm I'm hoping this is going to be a huge success and make us millions of dollars. We can quit our day jobs. We'll and quit just our do day this jobs. Fun. And all, all we'll do is just watch 90s cartoons and talk about them this sounds like a dream come true sounds like a dream come true <laughs> in reality the only person who's probably going to listen to this is my mom hi but... Lori. hi <laughs> hi mom <laughs> but that's okay because even if we're the only ones who listen to it it's fun it's good for the men- for our mental health yeah it is in the good time for of covid health. okay so let's in the time of covid for our mental health for the record <laughs> it is now being recorded how did we meet, Jillian? Well, the internet is the a internet. really fun place. You can meet people who love murder mm-hmm. and serial killer documentaries and other people who are having babies. Yeah. So which is how we met. It is. We <laughs> met on the internet um, in a big group. 
where people are from all over the world. And then it turned out at the time we lived 10 minutes away from each other. And now we live across the street. It's like a fairy tale. It is pretty fantastic. We were both pregnant. Chelsea made a Facebook group for pregnant ladies who were due at the same time. And ta-da! Ta-da! Cool. I am super excited. Um, Let's move into our first segment, which we're going to call Whack or All That. Yes. Okay, so here's what we're going to do with this segment. Um, We're going to bring up something from the 90s that is no longer part of, you know, today's culture. So give an example that you're not using tonight, just so people know where we're going with this. Um, so smoking in cars, smoking in cars, smoking mm-hmm. in restaurants. Yeah. Remember when restaurants had smoking sections? Yeah, which was so stupid because if there's smoke in the air, I don't know how people think that air works, but generally speaking, it just circulates. Yeah, it just circulates. I once we were we went to a rest stop in Ohio and there was an Applebee's and the bar was surrounded by plexiglass <laughs> and that was the smoking section. <laughs> wow, that was and so it was like a cloud. <laughs> It horrendous. was so weird. <laughs> People just walked in. They didn't even need to light up a cigarette. They just walk in and inhale the nicotine. I guess. Walk yeah. back out to enjoy their dinner. You know, That's it was so like awful. you could do the thing from Titanic with your hand on the wall and like smear it down. But speaking it was just nicotine. Of the 90s. <laughs> speaking of the 90s. <laughs> it all goes full circle, guys. <laughs> it all comes back. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a good example. Um, so we're going to, you know, mention something that was socially acceptable or a trend or a fad or whatever the case may be that is gone now um and then we're going to decide whether it's whack or all that so whack is thank god that that shit is gone and that you know people aren't smoking cars with children anymore i think we can all agree on that but all that is like yo butterfly clips are actually kind of rad bring them back bring them back Okay, so Jilly, you go first. What what did you bring to the table today for whack or all that? So today my whack or all that is leaving kids in cars unattended while you go to run an errand in a store. Oh my gosh. And I have a story. Yeah. Oh, I'm will so excited. Send shivers down your spine. Oh no. I was probably four or five, and my mom, and let's keep in mind, I was born in the South Bronx. So my mom leaves me and my younger sister, who at the time was three, she leaves us in the car. And she's like, I'll be right back. Runs upstairs to her aunt's house to grab something. And there were some really nice guys kind of standing around, milling around. And my sister gets in the front seat to pretend to drive. And telling her, get back here. And the guy says, she's just playing. It's all right. What does she do? Did she put the car in reverse? No, she put it in drive. Oh, no. Or neutral. I don't know. It was was such an old school car that, like, the shifter was on the steering wheel. And then the guys had to stop the car from moving. Are you serious? I am serious. They had to put the car back into park, and then my mom comes downstairs a few minutes later, and the guys let her know, and she's like, oh, thank you. How far did the car go? Not far, because there were guys leaning on it, because it was Uh, the South Bronx. How many guys? I remember, like, I don't know, three or four guys just kind of hanging out, you know. I I thought the story was going to go somewhere different when you said there were men there, so I'm kind of (laughs) relieved. No, that they were the super, it was just they a were car the in the story. Wonderful. And uh, they stopped the car, and believe it or not, that was not the last time we were left unattended in a vehicle. Oh. Because it was the 90s. Because it was the 90s. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. That's so funny, because that was actually, like, one of my biggest fears as a kid. Was rolling that, away. Yeah. Like, I remember in a neighborhood... Um, that I grew up in, all the mailboxes were like at one spot in the neighborhood. Do you know what I mean? It was like all the boxes, yes. almost like a PO box. Yeah, in I a know neighborhood. Exactly what you mean. Yeah, and so my mom, when we would come home from something, would park there, and then, um, like go up and 
check the mail and she would just stand there and sort it right there so she could just throw anything away that she didn't want right. and the whole time my anxiety was like oh my god i don't know how to drive this car but it rolls away so being in your shoes as a child is like pretty much my worst nightmare <laughs> i'm so glad you didn't have to experience it yeah. so um are are you giving it a whacker and all that bring oh, it back or uh, keep it there it's tough i'm giving it a whack you're giving it a whack i'm giving it a whack you know it's i i have a tough time with it because i do get it like i mean we we got left in cars for entire grocery trips. Right. But like sometimes I really if I'm just running in to grab your mobile order at Starbucks. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Chipotle, you know. I just want to be able to go right and grab it and not feel like CPS is going to get called on me. Right. If I if my car is never even out of my line of Listen, vision. Listen, my car starter is on. My kids are not sweating to death. It's yeah. going to be okay. It's I can see okay. them. I know, but okay. So um uh, we don't have a word for the middle ground. What was a word for like? It's all it's all good, dude. I don't know what was cool <laughs> in the nineties. Because I don't know if I want to say whack. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to give tough, it a full whack. Right? Is yeah. it? It's like whack in some situations, and it's it's all, all that and a bag of chips and others. Oh, and a bag of chips. When you're trying to get your venti I, iced coffee amen. from Starbucks. Amen. Indeed. Amen. And uh, confession, I've done it. I mean, so have I. Okay. I'm going to delete that part. Because I hope Adam's not listening. Sorry, Mom. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, you know, you, here's one more thing I think we should do. We we probably should qualify us as 90s kids. So, um, what year were you born? 84. Um, I was born in 87. Hold, please. My husband is calling me. We're going to take a quick break. Let's take it back to the 90s. That's where you cats going to find me. Take it back to the 90s. Okay, let's, let's go All right, back. so let's give some context to how... What let's give some context it? to our life as 90s kids. Okay. okay. So I was born in 84. Yeah, I, w- I was born in 87. Okay. Um, and I Googled it, and it I think it said mid-80s to early 90s. So the 90s kids are the ones who were raised in the 90s, not born. Right, which yeah. is what we are. Yeah. We are prime 90s kids. I mean, I was, by the time the 90s ended, I was, what, 15 years old? Yeah. You were 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Formative years. Formative years. Absolutely. Which I, I can't wait to, like, dig into the episode today because I had so many thoughts and opinions <laughs> on formative <laughs> years while watching season one, episode one. Okay. Um, I have to do my whacker all that. Yes. For the 90s. It. Okay. Mine's kind of random. And I, I, I think it's because... Uh, Jax, my son, has a whole bunch of teeth that are loose right now. And I just like. Oh, my God. Already? Already? He's seven. He should have long since lost teeth. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, he's holding on to them. But he. uh, So it's going to happen any day. And I'm thinking about the tooth fairy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I've asked my friends who have older kids what the going rate is for the tooth fairy these days. Mm. It's a lot. What is it? It's like $5 minimum. $5 a tooth? I was lucky if I got a dollar. That's, okay, uh-huh. so that is what I'm saying. All right, and b- back in my day. <laughs> All right, I, I'm trying to remember. I was like, big ones were your front teeth, like your, yeah. your butt teeth and your little ones. And, right. then, and I think like if I had one that was really, really difficult, like it was not coming out, 
or what you know what I mean we were wiggling it for a long time then I like worked for that one more and I <laughs> I got a, a, a dollar was right. big money right but usually it was like a quarter or 50 cents oh, five dollars yeah right to start <laughs> to start ah, kids these days yeah so um I think that's whack <laughs> that is whack five dollars is whack five dollars is whack <laughs> and a quarter is all that and a bag of chips man I agree like First of all, who even came up with the Tooth Fairy? I hate the concept of the Tooth Fairy. It's so weird. Hide hey, um, a piece parents, of your butt. Hide your kids. <laughs> oh, yes. Earmuffs, children. Yes. <laughs> but really, think about it. Who came up with the idea, like, oh, you lose uh, something in your mouth, a bone, essentially, a bone. and you put it under your pillow, and then a fairy comes while you're sleeping and steals it and then hides money under there. What even? I and know. what does she do with the teeth? Oh, God. Have you seen those, like, um... <laughs> What parents went through a phase where they were making like the scary dolls and putting their kids' teeth in the dolls. That's horrifying. they looked like voodoo dolls. Oh God! Yeah, Why would you floating around that? on the internet? You know. No, thank you. Yes, a, yeah, the black no, hole of the you. internet. One minute you're googling Rugrats episodes, the next thing you know, you're trying to Looking figure out in. how to make a voodoo doll with your children's lost teeth. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the black web. I don't even think that's on the dark web. That's <laughs> probably Googleable. Um. Okay, so um, that was our segment. Whack or all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Okay, um, so let's move into today's topic, which we've already teased quite a few times. It's the Rugrats. So, um, Jilly, we, I want to start by kind of talking about, um, I don't My know, just a, yeah, a memory that you have of the Rugrats are like... Speaking of Cardi B. Speaking of Cardi B. It's an inside joke. We'll yeah. have to tell you we'll, guys We'll clue you in at some point. So, Stick around. Stick around. We'll be right back. No. So when I lived, speaking of the South Bronx, so when I was younger, like I said, I lived in the South Bronx. And when I was hey, seven. Jill. Yeah. Did you live in the South Bronx? I don't know if you've ever heard, but I lived in the South Bronx. Oh, wow. Like the South Bronx. Like the South Bronx? Yes. Like Jenny from the block. Jilly from the block? Jilly from the block. All right, guys. I did not have cable until oh. I was 11. Which is when we moved from the South Bronx, where I grew up, where I was born. I don't know if you know oh, that. Oh. Um, and then we moved to upstate New York. What an interesting tidbit about your life. My grandfather, when I was seven, moved to Pleasantville, which is an actual town oh my in gosh. New York. How funny. I know. And he had cable. So when my mom and her brother, who were in a band, would have gigs, my sisters and I would stay with my grandfather, and he had cable. So my memories of like the Rugrats and Doug are all intertwined with my grandfather Aww, and his house in Pleasantville. You I love know, your grandfather. Da, 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 <laughs> so that like the first time I saw Rugrats was absolutely in his house. I can remember the TV and the living room. Like, yeah, I love Were that you, show. Like, what is this magic? I, yes. Yeah. Basically, it was like, oh, my God, cartoons that are not Sesame Street. Mm, did, Sesame Street's not a cartoon. So but I'm assuming I mean. if you jumped in at that point, you... um. Probably didn't start with season one, episode one. Probably not. No, do definitely not. Do you remember not. the first episode you ever watched? I don't. No. Well, no. neither do I. So. But I definitely remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen. I remember watching the first episode at some point in my life. When I rewatched it recently, yeah. it wasn't brand new to me. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, what about, what um, about you, Chels? So I, I grew up Catholic, and part of the Catholic tradition is um, at Lent, you, you give something up. 
40 days and 40, 40 nights, days girl. and 40 nights, you know. So um, it was third grade and it was my first year in a Catholic school. And, I, and so I was like pretty excited about the prospect of all things ca- Catholicism, you know, like wow. it was like a fun adventure. <laughs> and um, so Lent is rolling around. You have to give up something that you love like the most. And I gave up watching the Rugrats at night because that was the thing I loved oh the most. God. Isn't that so funny? It was like eight or That's something so crazy. I know. Sweet. So I, I watch the Rugrats at the way that uh, I know you and I do, and probably a lot of people watch The Office now, just like right. over and over and over and over. I didn't care what what episode it was, what order it went in. I and just... everyone has a favorite. Like I can think of my, I can think of probably my favorite episode of the Rugrats. The one, yeah, or the one that I like remember the most. Tell me, it's the uh, they go to an ice show and uh, reptars. Reptar, ice? Yeah, yes! reptar, <laughs> reptar, gotta find that reptar. Yes, kids on the ice. <laughs> It was chaos. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I know. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to dive into the Rugrats here um, just because I'm trying to be a professional. I decided to go on Wiki and Google a brief summary. So, season one aired in 1991. Did you know that? I did not. Oh, okay. It was on Nickelodeon. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. Because I didn't have that channel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's the summary of season one, episode one. Okay, here's a brief summary of season one, episode one. Stu and Dee Dee strive to make Tommy's first birthday a memorable one. They did, but under the wrong circumstances. Meanwhile, Tommy wants to eat dog food so he can be just like Spike, eventually selling the other Rugrats on the idea. Do you feel like that's a fair summary? It's a pretty top level summary. It's a top level summary. Yeah. It's brief because there's a lot in this episode. There's a, a surprising amount. A surprising amount. Okay. Why don't you start since I just read the summary? All right. So first let's dive into the title sequence. The title sequence. It's magical. Tell me your thoughts. Okay. So here I watched this one with Josh, my husband, and we were commenting on the title sequence and we were trying to like figure out what's going on at first because we're like why did the parents go to their own house and then we're like oh the grandpa was babysitting but not babysitting and that's why everything's oh, crazy so okay that makes sleeping sense on the couch because i wondered the same thing like why why are these children home alone but you're right no they weren't grandpa babysitting but there. air quotes Grandpa was babysitting the way most grandpas babysit. And uh, especially in the 90s. Hashtag fact. (laughs) (laughs) You can fact check that. Um, Grandpas slept while they babysat in the 90s. (laughs) Fact. Um, So, yeah. So that. And then the other thing in the title sequence that stands out to me is the horrifying cat robot. Yes. He's horrifying. If that were my toy as a child, I would have nightmares. That had to have been a stew. Of course. Creation. Something yeah. he tinkered with in the basement. Now, Stu's like Sid from Toy Story. Oh, my God. Right? Except like. I mean, he's a nice guy. But... Right. Except a nice Sid. Yeah. He, like a wow. nice Sid. Think about that. That. Wow. But he's like Watch taking apart see. toys and putting them back but together. But imagine if way. Sid had love and affection okay, from his so own father. Stu is. Sorry, guys. In a parallel universe. Sid, if he had been nurtured as a child. Wow. Wow. If he wasn't a latchkey kid. Wow. Because he Sid's a latchkey kid. First episode, revelations, guys. <laughs> um, okay, what what are your thoughts? On what, the title sequence? Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> 
whenever I see the title sequence now, all I can think of is Tracy Morgan because he appeared on a late night talk show. I can't remember which one wearing some crazy sweater with all these colors. And someone said, why does his sweater look like the opening sequence of the Rugrats? And it's accurate. It's like the craziest. If you think about it, like it's these crazy 90s, like. You the mean like colors. when they do the thing where it rolls up? Yes, like the colors and, and the brightness yeah. and the ridiculous fonts. It's just, that's what sticks out mm-hmm. to me the most is the style of it. It's just, you don't see that now. No, like at all. if you just took a picture, you would know it was from the 90s. Exactly. Without, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, you know, with cartoons and such, it's all computer generated and very flashy. I know. My kids could not watch that. They were so bored with it isn't that funny did you try to have them watch it well they you know because i watched it a couple times because i wanted to be able to uh take diligent notes <laughs> and um so probably the third time i was going through it holland came in and literally three minutes in was like can we watch something else <laughs> this was my favorite show. <laughs> how dare you the I'm, disrespect spoiled kids kids these days they don't they don't know the kind of animation we had to deal with kids these days <laughs> um i i love the music too i always have I think that also when you think about the music and the, you know, the pictures and the colors and stuff, it really, it brings you right back, doesn't it? Oh, and like yeah. just brings you right back to your childhood. That's, that gives you the warm fuzzies. It does give you the warm fuzzies. I can picture sitting on my couch and my only responsibility was zero play. Ugh, you know what I mean? Days. Somebody was going to tell me when to go to bed. Somebody <laughs> was going to cook my dinners for me, do my laundry. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> Miss those days. Miss those days. Okay. Um, so I think we'll just go in order. Um, you know, they open up the show and Dee Dee and Stu are in Tommy's room and they're waking him up and getting him ready. It's his first birthday. Stu's going on and on and on about his inventions. Uh, so we have gathered in the first couple minutes that Stu is an inventor. Yes. And I think what I loved most about these first few minutes are just how much I connected to Dee Dee. Yeah, say more. I felt like someone had a camera in my house, and it was basically me getting my son ready for his first birthday, my my oldest son. It's just hysterical to me. Mom is, like, trying to get the boy ready, changing his diaper, mm-hmm. putting on a cute outfit. She's already dressed. She's got her earrings on. The baby's pulling on her ears. And the dad doesn't her, even notice. the dad's not even <laughs> noticing. He's just going on and on about whatever the hell invention yeah. he made and all the thrusters it's got. And she's, like, pretending to give a shit. While her kid is ripping her ears out, and he doesn't even care. He doesn't like, wow, even care. Wow, that is a mood, and that is me. I actually wrote a note down about Dee Dee's earrings because I have only recently started wearing fun earrings again. You just can't wear dangly earrings when yeah. you are a mom to young babies. Dee Dee, that is a rookie mistake. I mean, we haven't gone further. Obviously, we've only watched episode one. So maybe she changes into more practical earrings. Maybe these were special birthday earrings. Maybe. I don't know. But Did you watch this... any more than just the one? Listen, Chelsea, this okay. was a 90s cartoon. Their right. outfits are always the same. Fine. <laughs> Fine. But maybe she does have more practical earrings. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll okay, have to so see. we should make a note to be on the lookout for, does Dee Dee ever wear more practical earrings? Or is she always wearing... She always wearing tuggable ones. Tuggable ones. Okay, yeah, so um, that's his room. So that's that's pretty much everything that's going on in his room. Is there anything else you noticed from the time that they're in his room about his room or what he's wearing or what they're wearing or not really. I was just so struck by the conversation that he was have that they were that the parents were having. Because I, yeah. I just it it just reminded me so much of my own home. 
I, I agree. I definitely <laughs> agree. Okay, so they, they move downstairs at this point, and they're going into the kitchen. Stu is still talking, talking, talking. They put Tommy in a high chair, and they pull out a parenting book by an author named Dr. Lipschitz. I remember hearing his name throughout the series. Like, they constantly reference Dr. Lipschitz and his parenting advice. I think that is the most hilarious name for an author for a child's <laughs> book. Because that's really, that yeah. is. A, a shit talker. Yes. Yes. Because agreed. nobody knows. You cannot write a book about parenting. Because what works for one kid is not going to work for another kid. That is accurate. So. But they tried anyway. They tried. But they I tried. I love the little, like, tongue-in-cheek humor. Yes. Lipschitz. Yes. Well, they need, gonna... to, they need to inject a little bit of that humor in there so that the parents stay engaged. I know. I mean, okay. Do you feel like they do that today? You know Put where in they humor do... humor for the adults? You know where I feel like they do that a lot is in Disney movies. Yeah, I like, agree. But Disney not, and Pixar, like, but not in cartoons. cartoons. No. Like, I think about what my kids watch these days, like Paw Patrol. Not even. Ugh. No adult humor in there. Yeah. And, like, my kids are all about the bubble guppies. Oh. Nothing. <sighs> Okay, so they're consulting the book, and she's trying to get Tommy to eat what appears to be his first solid food, I'm guessing. Which I think is interesting, because it's his first birthday. And was this trending in the 90s? I think this. I think whoever wrote this episode probably doesn't actually... Well, I don't know. This was not trending in the 90s. That's what I thought, because didn't they start putting cereal in our bottles when we were, like, three months old? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I... Yes, absolutely. So I think it's interesting... That he's having his first food on his first birthday. Do you think that was just filler for the episode? Just I, to provide I'm, fodder? Yeah. yeah. Because it's a whole thing. They're like, you know, Dee Dee's like, oh, well, Dr. Lipschitz says don't use gimmicks yeah. to get the baby to eat. Like, or some such nonsense. Yeah. Um, I, I, Are they trying to give us a clue into their parenting style? That these are parents who, like, care so. about their kids? Or are they trying to introduce Dr. Lipschitz early on? Or It could be. And a you can definitely tell that Dee Dee is the par- She is. She's she- on her yes. team. Yes. And if she was a mom to a baby today, she would be an. She would be an influence. She'd be like the oh person trying gosh. to be like the Instagram influencer mom. Dee Dee would totally be absolutely an Instagram influencer. Absolutely, with her wild red hair. Yes, and she'd yes. be like, "I'm planning my baby's birthday party." With a puppet show, which we'll get to. But right. anyways. Okay, right. so and it would look amazing on the gram. But the, yeah. You know, but then things fall apart. Which the you will see. Things fall apart. <laughs> so Stu is trying to distract Tommy. And he is doing it controversially. Right. Not the way Dr. Lipschitz Not the way Dr. Lipschitz. At all. And I, I took a note down because Stu says to Dee Dee when she's like, well, Dr. Lipschitz says... No, don't, no distractions. He goes, ah, you got to show him who's boss. <laughs> like, how? Come on. You got to, what do you, show him who's boss? Please. Everyone knows the baby's the boss, the first of all. The baby is the boss. Second, that's not going to work for a while. That's not going to work. No. It's not going to work. But in that, he guides Tommy's eyes directly to a TV where there's a dog food commercial. Which is the major building block of this episode it is the major building block of this episode i connected with tommy mm-hmm. in this part because so tommy watches this dog food commercial right and the dog is eating this food and being the best dog he can be as a result of being able to eat this food and tommy's like oh my god if i eat dog food i will turn into a dog and i will live this amazing life 
Well, when I was maybe three or four, I saw a commercial for kitty litter. Oh, no. And this, don't worry, I did not eat the litter. Oh, God. You're, you're, <laughs> you're really good at teasing stories for me. I'm like, what? And there's men and they're going to drive away And in the then car. I'm like, and it's all okay in the end. So in this, <laughs> in this commercial, the cat scratches at the kitty litter after doing whatever they did in the kitty litter and flower like animated flowers sprout up oh my gosh i know the commercial you're talking yes, about. yes. i think it was like fresh step yes. it might have been fresh step so animated flowers come up and um, but it was a real cat an animated flower yes yes and then i remember watching this and thinking oh my god if you buy this kitty litter and then a cat pees and then they scratch at it flowers will bloom so i made my grandmother buy this kitty litter she did. She, of course, she did oh, because God I was. Love her. She loved. Oh God, R.I.P. R.I.P. I love that woman. Anyway, so she buys this kitty litter. I'm waiting for the cat to pee. The cat does whatever it does, scratches away, and I'm like, "Where the fuck are the flowers?" Oh no! I didn't say fuck because I was four, because but basically four. that's. I was like, "What is happening?" I'm glad we got our swears out of the way on the first episode. Can we? We can just be explicit rating from the get go. Yes, agreed. But I mean, anyway, I was very disappointed. So I can understand Tommy and his desire to eat this dog food because yeah. he wants to live a life like Spike. I, who wouldn't? <laughs> I want to live a life like my dog. Ugh, they got it so good. They have it. Some- All right. So then, after Tommy watches this dog food commercial, um, Stu uses a toy duck to mm-hmm. try to distract Tommy. And Tommy notices and smacks the duck and then splatter. He smacks something. Yes. Splatters food all over Stu. Yes. Did you catch what he said? My $75 shirt. And it or was like, a, like that. yes, it was. It was like a fake. Like, <laughs> My favorite shirt. He could, They couldn't say Giorgio Armani, presumably because of, you know, trademark or whatever. <laughs> and it was something very close to I that. I did not catch that. Well, I just caught the amount and I was, and I got so I blindsided by that. But I was also like, $75? That's, that's your a lot own of, fault, Yeah, sir. and that's a lot of money in, in 91, you said, is when this aired? Oh, my God. I didn't even think. In today's dollars. Hold on. Let's do a pause, conversion. Pause. How do we find this out? Let's Google. Is Okay, so 1991 to 2020, I'm typing in $75. We're calculating $141.96. Oh, my God. Who buys $150? First of all, they do not live in a house where anyone should own a $150 blouse for a first birthday party. For a first birthday party. And, I mean, I feel like this is parenting 101, right? Like, don't wear your nice clothes when you have – just don't. I mean, if you're even my have... kids are four and seven. And in okay. February, when we had something fancy to go to, I waited until the moment one foot was halfway out the, out door. the door. That's right. Before I put my dress on. That's right. For this very reason. You don't even get dressed until you're, if you have a baby, they're in a fresh diaper and their clothing first, and you put them on the floor far away from you, and then you get dressed. You don't feed them in your $150 shirt. $150. Stew, Stew pickles. You're a dummy. A little high maintenance. Okay, so that is a really good statement to land on to ask my next question, which what are our first impressions of this family so far? So at this point, we have been introduced to the Pickles family, uh, Stu, Dee Dee, and Tommy, and um, Grandpa. Which it, I didn't catch his name. Do they have? Do they just call him Grandpa? Um. Okay. So I know what his name is. Oh, because, you do. Well, I know what they call him because okay, what did they call him? I had closed captioning on. Oh, <laughs> perfect. They call him Pop. Pop. Perfect. Which, holy cow, is what I called my grandfather. Really. And where I watched the first time Rugrats. Oh, it da, all comes da, from, da, all comes full circle, full circle guys. Baby. But yeah, so they call him Pop, but I don't know what his formal name is. We'll okay. have to figure that out. 
So I, they, what's interesting is that even though this took place in 91, this felt like you could be watching a family today. You had Mm -hmm. the mom who was like doting on her child and trying to make sure, you know, they did everything by the book, especially because he was her first. Mm -hmm. And then dad who was like off to the side going on about whatever was important to him. And of course he loves his family, but he also feels like we don't need a book. Yeah. I feel like this, it's very much like your typical you know, what you would consider a, quote, typical American typical. family. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, did... obviously, disclaimer, this is not everybody. But right. this is like, when you think of a family dynamic, right. this might be right. a middle-class white American family dynamic. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's a, it's, it's good for you to preface it that way. I think that's important to know. What many people might consider your typical white American family is just that it's what many people would consider a typical white American middle class family doesn't mm-hmm. speak for everything or everyone or every situation. A or stereotype. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I also really, the other thing that struck me was that you've got grandpa living with them. I know. Which you don't really see very much these days. Mm-hmm. And it's something that worked for 90s kids that would work today. But you just don't see. Oh my gosh! I just had a flash forward to they move him into a retirement home at some point. That's right, they do. Yeah, they do. Okay. Um, I love the grandpa. I love the grandpa. For some reason, he reminds me of my grandpa Ron. Just like really sarcastic and kind of rough around the edges, but you can tell like really loves his family. Total nineties grandpa. Yeah, total nineties grandpa. Um, I love Dee Dee. I love her. Tommy, I haven't formed an opinion on yet because he's hasn't spoken. <laughs> like I, based on the first five minutes, I I don't love Stu. Mm. You know, and I'm trying to I I can't even really remember his character, so it'll be interesting to watch more episodes. But yeah. from the get go, I'm like, I I really think the seventy five dollar shirt thing threw me. <laughs> like, and the care? way he reacted to the diaper in Tommy's room. Yeah, that is not something you would see nowadays. Today. No. no, not at all. Like I. We can't speak for everybody, but my husband has been elbow deep in diapers right alongside Since me. Since day one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think um, that's a cultural shift for it sure. Is. You know, I think back in the 90s, it was just expected that mothers did most of the parenting. Yep. And I think in today's society, it's a little more expected that the the workload be shared. Yes. Um, how do you feel about Stu? I... His preoccupation with well, do we get into his tinkering at this point? Oh yeah, because we're, he we're talked about, about it. He well, yeah, he talks he's about, been about it at all length. Morning. I know he that's like all he, he that's all he can talk about mm-hmm. is his stupid experiments and his toys and all that nonsense downstairs in the basement. No, I, I his obsession with it is a little bit. I don't want to say off putting, but it's like it's your kid's first birthday. How about you shift the focus away from yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and help your focus. wife in the kitchen? Yes. <laughs> Get in there and help her in the kitchen and stop complaining about your stupid shirt. So next, the doorbell rings. And at the door, we are now being introduced for the first time to Howard, Betty, Phil, Lil, and Chucky. So, Jelly, give me your first impressions on this crew we're being introduced to. Ugh. I did not appreciate Betty enough as a kid. Amen. I love 
her. Betty love is everything, goals. Love everything about her, her <laughs> attitude, the way that she parents, the way that she's like, ah, who cares? Like, yes. let's just throw the kids in there, whatever. I'm like, girl, you are speaking my language. There's something I loved about her right from the get-go. So they, they bring Chucky to the party. So they make it pretty clear that Chucky is not theirs. Right. But they're they're willing to bring him to right. participate. And she's not frazzled by it. She's just like, she's just like ah, we got Howard's a little shaken up right now because we got all these damn kids with us. <laughs> well, you know, we got the twins and. And we got Chucky. Chucksters. Chucky was always my favorite. Oh, that crazy redhead. I He's just, and he's such a dweeb in his little oh, nasally no. voice. I just love him. I can, I can appreciate a nasally voice. I don't know if you guys can hear. My allergies are acting up. It's probably Corona. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, Howard. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to follow him. My first impressions of him are good, though. Yeah, I think I think he seems kind of funny. You think so? Yeah, he seems like a good match for Betty. That's for sure. But yes, I love Betty. The twins are. I I always thought it was funny that the only way you could tell one from the other was the bow and the hair. And I like, love that. Yeah, and Phil, I think, wears shorts and. Lil, you just see her diaper. But or you her bloomers. I feel like you don't even know that unless somebody's You have to look for it. it. Yeah, you right. have to look for it. And as a kid, you're not really looking for that. Like, I noticed the bow, and that was really it. Yeah. And I feel like, um, I remember an episode where they try and trick people, right? And don't they just, all Lil does is hand the bow off? And you're absolutely right. And that's all she had to do. Yeah. Because their parents raised them to just be like, I mean, you. what's the first thing you notice on Betty when she walks in? Her feminist symbol on her giant sweatshirt. Amen. I That's me it. snapping my fingers. Yes. And her short hair, and she's like, whatever, I don't care. She's got cool earrings, too. And, yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she, Betty was rocking the um, athleisure wear Ugh. long before it was cool. Betty was ahead of her she time. She was ahead of her time. She was. And she's wow. got no shame. She shows up to this birthday party, and she's like, I'm not going to change who I am. You know what? For I, this I, birthday party. I, cu- I come back to what I said before. I did not appreciate Betty enough as a kid. <laughs> But she is, she might be my soul sister. Right, let's put her on a watch to yes. see if she can track as our favorite mom on I love the show. It. Okay. Um, cool. I love that. Okay. So uh, the ne- uh, next thing I noticed is Grandpa is helping decorate, and he's on a ladder, and I'm very upset by that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't somebody else do the ladder job? Well, Pops? I mean, maybe. How old is Pop? I don't like, know, but he's... my Pop was like. Cutting down avocados off of his trees in Puerto Rico when he was, like, in his 70s. Fair enough. I just worry about him. I know. If he falls. He's, he's one of okay. my faves. I love Pops. <laughs> okay. So, um, I, I have. Stu is decorating and venting about kids' parties these days. He, th- he thinks well, Tommy's Stu party or is grandpa? a little much. Who was- I'm sorry. Grandpa. Pops. Oh. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Pops is complaining about it. And then we hear Stu tinkering in the basement, and he's finishing up Tommy's present. Oh, something new and different. Oh, my gosh. Stu so this, tinkering. That made me laugh so hard because this reminded me of a just typical male, typical male <laughs> business. You know, it is the day of the party. Stu, you should have had this figured out before the day of his party. So can we talk about how this tracks today? Can Give us give uh, us an example. I got you. Give, I got you. A, I already know where you're going with this. <laughs> okay, so uh, we had family coming to town recently. And, you know, I 
even though my house is going to get trashed within the first hour of everybody being here, I like it to look nice when you walk in. So we're, we're cleaning for company. And I asked my husband if he'd be willing to help me clean upstairs. And he says, sure thing, sure thing. Goes upstairs. And I, I don't hear anything. I don't hear vacuums running. I don't hear anything. So I go up to check on him to see what he's doing. And he has his entire closet on the floor and he is organizing his closet <laughs> just and in like case company is arriving in, in an case hour your family wanted to look into his closet. i guess sure i couldn't even say anything i, I snapped <laughs> a picture of him and i sent it to jill and That's i was true. like i i just have to tell you <laughs> i just asked him to help me clean and he is reorganizing his I closet mean, he helped just not I, in the way that anybody needed makes me laugh it's stew this this is for you stew on the day of your son's birthday party, help decorate. Instead of finishing the toy you should have finished last week. Chop up some lettuce for a salad. Get the burgers ready. No one eats salad. You're right. <laughs> Order the pizza. Ah. Blow up the balloons. Order the pizza. There are things you could do that are not tinkering. Agreed. Typical um, man. Typical man. Sorry, but guys. That just made me laugh. And then we get to see his workshop. And I mean, I feel like this is another classic 90s parenting thing. Do you agree? Did did your male figures in your life have like workshops? Yeah. Oh, yes. Every, <laughs> of course they did. Right? And like, I mean. Don't you think it was a given? It was. It is. Like every man has to have a workshop or a work area, even if they don't do any work. It's so funny. This is where my hammers are. Like, okay, well, <laughs> what are you going to use it for? To hang up a picture? Yeah. I can't wait. I can't it's be great. wait. I know. But yeah. Yeah. That, um, I, I just loved it. It made me nostalgic seeing Stu's workshop. Did your dad have a workshop? Oh, yeah, he did. Well, I mean, my dad actually had a workshop that was a practical workshop because um, my parents owned and still own a moving company. Right. So if things would get damaged on moves, my dad would, if he felt that he could fix it, he would try and fix it in his workshop oh. um, instead of outsourcing. He sounds like Santa Claus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to bring, he brings it into his workshop and then he sends it back. He's more like the Grinch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But I'll um, fix it up there, and then I'll bring it back here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so he really had tools hanging on the wall, and you know things we weren't allowed to touch, and all that. So, yeah, seeing Stu's workshop and just the the organized chaos that he had going right. on, where you know Stu knows right where everything is and right. why it's there, but us entering his space would be like this is giving me agita. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need to get Marie Kondo in here <laughs> ASAP. So, all right. So, after, okay. So Stu finishes the toy, and then we go back upstairs, and all the other kids are, all the other adults are mm -hmm. watching the kids play because you know Stu's busy in the basement, right? And not everyone's here yet, right? So we're still missing a few people, and then the babies start talking to each other after the grown-ups walk away from the playpen, which makes me laugh because. Let's talk about the playpen for a second. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you want to talk about the Did pen. you? I never owned any kind of a pen for the kids just because I thought, like, what's the point? I want them to learn what boundaries are without being penned in. I know that sounds we know, cheesy. No, it doesn't. We had gates. Oh, yeah. 
Well, you don't want them plummeting to their death down a flight of stairs. Well, and that pen is comical because they could crawl right through the middle. Right. And also... It's 0% safety. And also hurt themselves. And also... Yeah, sharp. I know. And looks like accordion-y. Yes. So it would pinch their little fingers so easily. Worked for 90s kids, but it's Not for us. That's whack. Not for us. That is whack, guys. That is whack. (laughs) That is not all that. All right. So the babies are talking in this ridiculous pen. And Tommy's like, oh, my God, guys. I saw this commercial. If you eat dog food, you'll turn into a dog. And he starts talking about all the amazing things you can do as a dog. And the kids are talking about it. And it's just, it killed me because they're like, you can sleep in the flowers. You can wear a collar with your name on it. And I'm like, <laughs> who? Like, you know what you could do? You could just get a necklace with your name on it. Right. You don't, you don't well, need I'll to- get you. <laughs> it's fine. But now we know what Tommy wants for his birthday. Right. A collar with his a name on it. A collar with his name on it. So the kids are like going on and on and Chucky is like, no thanks. What did you think about that whole well, that whole back and forth with the kids? I, I love it. I think it's realistic. And I love that they threw the character of Chucky in there just to be the um, the nervous, nervous Nelly. Nelly. <laughs> yes, girl. I finished so the next thing we see is a car being driven by Drew, who we soon find out is Stu's brother, Stu and Drew. Apparently, back very in the, original. Back in the nineties, it was Lil cool and Phil, Stu and Drew. Yeah, can you imagine? Anyway, so S- Drew is driving in his car, and we know that Drew. We learn later on in the series that Drew is married. Yeah, but you want to know. But you don't meet. You don't her. know that right now. You don't now. know that, right? Yeah. So you think maybe you think, oh, this is just a single dad with his daughter, which like, good for him. But good that's for him. Not, but that's not actually the case. No, but I I think something interesting for '90s cartoons, and I I want to know your opinion on this is I already see they're showing like a dynamic of family absolutely values and family dynamics. Right. You know, we've got Stu and Dee Dee, who we've already said are like your stereotypical white people <laughs> and then we have you know betty and howard and she's like the powerhouse of the family like it's yep. pretty clear that yep. she's betty definitely wears the dominant pants. yes she yeah. does. and then now we have drew coming and right now he doesn't even talk about his wife it's Not a cartoon so we don't know if he has a ring on his finger right and so is he a single dad is he uh is he a, a widow? widower yeah, yeah a widower uh a, a divorcee we don't know we don't know but um what kind of car do you think that is that he's driving <laughs> I don't know. It's got it's got to be like it's it's a station wagon or a Lincoln. Uh, yeah, so I I thought it was um maybe a maybe a Subaru. Ooh, maybe a Subaru. Maybe it's blue. <laughs> um, I Most also was curious because I watched it a couple times and I noticed you says, "Hey, big brother." So we already know the hierarchy between right Stu and Drew, and so it's Drew funny because older. I miss that. I miss the big brother line, but I had a feeling that that was the case, and. It's interesting that they attracts, right? It's yes. they absolutely like Drew is the big brother. He and he makes a point to mention what he does for work. He's like in finance, I think he says. Is he in the first episode? Yes. I missed that. He says something and it was like it, it was such a funny offhand comment and I don't remember exactly how it came about, but Sue said something and he's like, "Oh, well, not for this." Banker or whatever oh, his official title I is. Oh, I totally missed that. And I thought, well, geez, that's very showy of you. What a weird thing to say. And you- Pops is their dad. Yes. Yes. yes Pops, because- Pop is their dad. And yeah, Drew is the oldest, and which is very obvious from their personalities. Like, he's the one that like has it, quote, together. Yes. And then Stu is like 
hot the inventor. Mess yeah. He's got stubble all over He's his face. He's definitely the more like easygoing, like go with the flow. You can tell he was not raised with all the strict rules that Drew was raised right. with. Right. Do you want to refill your wine glass? Oh, yeah, let's do it. And now, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. A word and from our sponsor, Red Wine. <laughs> Red. Let's take it back to the 90s. Where you cats gonna find me? Uh, let's take it back to the 90s. Okay, so something I just want to mention super quick. When uh, Drew and Angelica get to the door and ring the doorbell, what does Stu answer the door with? He sees them ringing the doorbell through his invention which is the ring doorbell it's basically amazon 20 years ago i know or wait 30 years ago oh my god okay 91 so... was almost 30 years ago oh sorry guys oh no just had to sidetrack there for a second wow but yes you're right it's basically right? like the ring doorbell of the 90s it's just really interesting that that was projected and it's also funny that it was i remember seeing that and thinking that's never gonna happen i know meanwhile now it's <laughs> and now it's on our in our hands. It's literally I can look at my phone right now and see what's happening outside of my house. Hey, Amazon, do you want to sponsor us? We'll support your <laughs> ring doorbells. But Stu's explaining in detail the hoverama to Drew when he gets there. And Angelica joins the babies. So do you want to take this time now that we have all five of the babies to discuss their personalities and hierarchy? Yes, let's do it. OK, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Angelica is the HBIC, the head bitch in charge. Yes. And not even like a, I am your fearless leader and I want to hear all your opinions and I love and respect you. She is, she's the Nene Leaks. She's, she has the Rugrats. no fear. None. None. She's the boss. She does not she care what you have to say about it. Not even a little bit. Not at all. Not at all. Now I'm going to tell you who I think is second. Tell me. Lil. Ooh. I do because Tommy's a little bit more passive. He's really good at getting his way, but he does it uh gently. You know what I mean? He's yes. like I mean, even so what we see here is Angelica walks right up to Tommy and bullies him. Yeah. She's like, Hey, listen. She's like she's not a nice she's not no, no, nice. No. She no. is not nice. Her name is the opposite. She's not a well, I'm sure they did that on purpose. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but um so, you know, so she walks up to Tommy and she grabs him by the overall straps and is <laughs> like, this party might be for you. But when the presents are opened, I get first dibs. And Tommy doesn't even fight her on it. He doesn't. He's okay. he's, he's like, OK. And then he's like, I just help me get the dog food. and You can have your pick <laughs> of whatever you want. I just need basically. to turn into a dog. So he's cool and confident and sure of himself. But if we're going hierarchy, yeah, I think Lil is. I like it. Sidekick, yeah. But I mean, but you wouldn't. Kn- but you she's, wouldn't know that yet. But she again, she's like she's nice. Oh yeah, she's nice. I think everyone is nice compared to Angelica. Um, and Chucky is obviously bottom of the totem pole here. Poor guy. And then Phil and Tommy are in the middle. Yeah. And Tommy, but I feel like Tommy is like the cool kid. Dee Dee made a comment about 
wanting to be the perfect mom like on TV. Oh. And Betty said, TV's TV. We're real. I also wrote that note. Yes. I loved that. And that, I was like, yes. We want to track Betty is yes. our favorite character. Yes. Here's another check in that column. Yes. Because she's right. It's so easy to be, to compare yourself to like the social media and mm-hmm. the Instagram and the TV moms. And Betty's like, please, that's not real life. We're real. I love the idea that that is a lesson that could seep into 90s kids. Yes. Consciences. That, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That even if you don't know what it means or you're not going to sit here and dissect it on a podcast 30 years later. <laughs> but um, just to hear TV's TV, you know, I think is a, a good. Just in general. Yeah. TV's TV. It's TV's not real life. TV. It's not real life. So, yeah, another another point for Betty. What what do we have next, Joe? So then the doorbell rings and we are introduced to two fresh characters. Boris and Minka. So these Didi's are parents. Didi's parents. From and Poland. 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 Okay. They're Polish. That's perfect because I... I'm really horrible with accents and that, you know what I mean? Having a really tough yes. time. I was going to guess Russia. Well, Poland and Russia are, I mean, they're in the same general region. Sure. Please, I am not an A plus on geography, but presumably they are, I mean, if they're Polish, mm-hmm. I assume that they are Jewish and who knows what kind of things they lived through yeah and it seems like they might be first generation americans do you yeah. think that based I think on that their thick is, i think dd Dee Dee is the i'm first, sorry yes that's I know what, what i meant dd is the first generation american mm-hmm. and her parents are straight off the boat from poland yeah and they and they make they make references to that throughout the uh episode they talk about the old world yeah the it, old country the old country <laughs> and he's talking like when boris is talking about the cake he's like oh why isn't this chocolate like which in the old country I love. and mink is like because this is not the old country which is i mean is that not also stereotypical like grandparent banter yes! too right like, i mean we, we have... saw that in like everybody loves raymond yes. and all these other shows yes too that it was just always going on that the grandparents were in the background somehow somewhere. still together loving yeah. each other but, but just bickering fighting. about something so seemingly dumb and pointless like chocolate cake um so everybody's opening up presents we start opening up presents uh, first present that's open is a fire truck given by Drew and Angelica. And did you catch the little comment that Stu made? What did he make? Well, it was something along the lines of being like, wow, how's that going to stimulate his brain? <laughs> and that just made me laugh because I have to tell you, Stu, just you yesterday, I, I saw, I think it was on the Instagram account, Average Parent Problems, which do you follow that account? I do. It's so funny. If you don't, you should follow it. It's so funny. So this mom has a baby in a high chair. And, and her uh, her theory is that babies don't need toys. So she takes these objects. She's got like an onion in one hand and like stacking blocks in the other. And she comes up from behind the baby and she sets them both on the tray. And five out of five times, the baby chose the non-toy object. It was like an onion, a spatula, a remote, <laughs> a piece of string. Like, <laughs> And she always was putting this like super fun toy on the other side. And he every time would go for the other. So I... That statement made me laugh because we all know the kids go for the box. It's true. They don't want the fire truck. They want the box the fire truck came in. And so, if it didn't come in a box, well, then the fire truck is probably going to the donation pile. I, and I want to say something as a parent who has hosted birthday parties. You are welcome to bring a quiet, non-noise-making fire truck into my home. That would be received with joy and love. You're also welcome to bring nothing. When uh, we say, amen. When we say... Really? I mean, no Your gifts. presence is present enough. 
we mean it. it. We have so much crap. So, so much here's plastic. also if you're if you are PSA. Paired, <laughs> right here. Here's a PSA. The more you know. <laughs> if you were going to a child's birthday party and the parent says no gifts, please don't bring a gift. Bring a bottle of wine. If you want to bring a gift, yes. A bottle of wine mm-hmm. or honestly like a Target gift card. Amen. Because guess what? That kid probably needs diapers or like clothing because they grow so much and so, so quickly. Much. But please leave the toys at home. Is this a parenting podcast? Um, I hope not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay. So the other thing I wanted to talk about with the present opening mm-hmm. is how obnoxious it is. Ugh. Listen. Agree. I know that at every, I mean, with like bridal showers and baby showers and birthday parties, there's this expectation that you have to sit at the front of the room, mm-hmm. opening all the gifts while everyone stares at you. And let me tell you, that is dumb. I No one wants to actually open the presents. Agree. And you don't want to sit there and stare at someone opening presents. No. It is boring. It is, uh, it's just awkward. It's weird. Stop doing it. We don't do it at any of our parties. Mm-mm. I suggest no one else do it ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. And you know what's funny is I actually even remember as a kid because, um, manners being hammered into our head it, there was something along the lines i remember my parents kind of talking to me before i opened presents at my birthday parties being like if you already have it don't say that like do you know what i mean like if <laughs> oh, you open something for this you already have gift. yeah don't be like i have this right so you know i would open something and you'd have to like feign excitement about it right and unfortunately that because the thing with gifts is it's it is the thought that counts. Right. So if you are buying a gift for a child that they already have, that means you nailed it. If you open it in front of other people, there's a potential for the gift giver to feel bad. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Or Whereas if, if you this ha- went on behind closed doors, right. you could be like, he loves it, and that right. is the truth. <laughs> right. Because he, does, he loves it so he loves much, it so he much. already has exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. So then after. Drew makes his, or excuse me, after Stu makes his passive aggressive comment to Drew about the fire truck gift, Sue says, Oh, well, let's have him open up my gift. And then he doesn't even let Tommy open the gift, he opens it for him. Now, in all fairness, did Tommy open the fire truck? I don't know. Because I opened That's a good all my. Point. And I understand. Either way. I didn't see it. I wonder if Angelica opened it. I wonder Ooh, if it. She definitely walked over and took it. Oh, I, I saw that part. Yeah. But you know how it is with little kids where they're yeah. like, oh, let me help you open it. Yeah. I I didn't pay enough attention to that. But Stu 100% opened his own gift and with started big bragging flourish. about it. Yes. Immediately. immediately. And then what happened? He said, let me show you how this works. But he doesn't have batteries. In what? the remote wow. control. How do you forget to put batteries in the remote control oh, that you make? I mean, I think really easily. I actually. It's like, his invention, Chelsea. Stop uh, making excuses enough. for him. It's all he did all day. <laughs> remember? Amen. Amen. I'm sorry. His dad was Dee Dee. on a ladder hanging things up and Stu couldn't even be bothered to put batteries into the own thing he made. Women supporting women. You're right. Dee Dee, your mans should have had the batteries handled long before opening presents. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so uh, he is visibly upset. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And Dee Dee is over there comforting him. And I wrote this note down because this tracks. All right, so then 
they open up a very practical gift from Howard and Betty. Does it surprise you that it's practical? No, because well, of it's not. our favorite. It's our Ugh, girl. Of course. You know Betty picked you that up. You know out. Betty was like, listen, they don't need more noise-making plastic toys that are going to clutter up their house. They need to get this baby monitor walkie-talkie. So but, they can get some goddamn sleep. But then what happens? What happens with the walkie-talkie? Oh, so. <laughs> Typical. Men. It never ends. Boys are boys for the rest of their lives. Exactly. The men are like, let's take these out back and see how far they reach. And, and they all literally the all go outside and play with baby monitors. All of them. <laughs> Pops included. Actually, did Boris go? Mm, I don't know if Boris went. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's old country, so he might have stayed inside. He's but like, this, who needs cameras? You put baby in the bed and you get them out in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> So all the men are outside playing on walkie-talkies, leaving the women and children inside. And I wrote a note. Can we just talk about this for a second? Has this been going on since the dawn of time? Evidently it has Evidently been. it has, or at least 30 years. Listen, even in this day and age where men are like 100% involved in the parenting of their children. This happens. It does happen. And it's not through, it just, it's so, it's, it's weird. Kind right? of adorable. Quite, it, I mean, really, it, it is. is. It is. They're like, oh my God, They're we have to go play kids. with this new toy. Yeah. We got to go check out this new toy. See, see what it does. But I, it just made me laugh that that uh, was true enough in 1991 that the creators of this cartoon yes. put it in the cartoon. Okay, um, so the boys run outside. While the men are outside, Tommy tries again to crawl over to the dog food. Uh, this time, Dee Dee swipes him up before he can reach it. She plops him back in front of the toys. Tommy has a meltdown. Dee Dee says the party is a disaster. And the puppeteers, or not the puppeteers, a man arrives at the door delivering. Literally a delivery truck. A delivery truck. Yeah. It looks like a moving truck, which made it me laugh. Like did. not even a UPS. Right. Like it was like a. It was just like a. It was like a U-Haul. Yeah, like, like a U-Haul. Here's your puppet DHL. Something. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, here are the puppets and the puppet stage. Good luck, lady. Good luck. Good luck. God bless. So Dee Dee is panicked, and I love her so much for this moment. She grabs the other walkie-talkie and is like, "Oh, men, report to the kitchen now!" <laughs> and that is just a mood. It is that. That is, that and that is. Like- if I'm being honest, that is often the the beast inside <laughs> I feel of me like, at parties. Yes. Like you get to a point where you're holding it all together and then you get to a breaking point, right? And then you flip a switch. You you're flip like, a switch. This is, this is not okay. I have been shouldering the weight of this all damn day. Not more than the day. Because you... If Dee who did the planning? Puppets? Who sent out the invitation? Do you think that do you think she did think, that yesterday? Do you think that Stu was calling the company <laughs> to get the puppets? Hell no. So uh, Dee Dee's panicked, and and um, what does Stu do? What does? Why don't you go ahead? Okay, Jilly, so you tell me. It's funny because he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I got this. We'll I'll do the puppet show with Drew, his he brother." Voluntolds, voluntolds, mm-hmm. and also here's the thing. And maybe this is me being hypercritical, but it's on the one hand, he's trying to calm his wife down like, oh, don't worry. Like, it's not a disaster. We got this. And on the other hand, he's like, I get to be the hero. Yes, exactly. It's which is mixed bag, which holds, which is like, again, is it just is it just something that's ingrained in the psyche? OK, so, yeah, he volunteers Drew and Drew says no 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 like i don't want to do that the last time we did that things went awry like someone's arm i think like just 
Didn't something about an arm and an arm and something happened to Drew's eye. Maybe that's why Drew wears glasses. Oh, maybe his eye is not really fully recovered. Wow, boys. Um, so he's hesitant, but he does it. The brothers are going to put on the puppet show. They start right. You know, they they get into it, and they're doing Little Red Riding Hood. And I can barely keep up with whatever the hell it is that they're saying about Little Red Riding Hood. They start bickering, like, I mean, right away. Straight out the gate. Right away. Straight out the gate, they're bickering. Going on and on. And then what does Tommy do? He doesn't give a shit. No. He goes and off to find the ultimate prize. The dog food. The dog food. So he he crawls off right away. Um, when he gets into the dog bowl, he finds it empty. And he goes into the kitchen by himself. By and himself. guys, let's set the stage. It's one of those old school yes. swinging doors like you'd find at a restaurant where when you come out, you're like, what is it that they say? I can't remember. Uh, uh, you know. I do, but it's like, Ugh! are you trying to think? Because like you don't go in through the outdoor. Well, behind you. Behind you. Hot stuff. Basically. Um, yeah, these things. It's one of those doors. Yeah, it's one of those doors that is portrayed in like every 90s sitcom yes. too, which I love that it translates over. I wonder if it's just because it's so easy to, to just like, throw separate. open. You yeah. can separate a space but still toss it open, whereas nowadays when you're looking at shows in mm-hmm. general, it's a very open floor concept. It is, but there are was no that doors. a real thing in the 90s, though? Or what, it, doors? I mean, doors leading, like swinging doors leading to kitchens. I mean, I know that the... You know what? That's a good point. I don't think I've ever had we a door never in the kitchen. One. No. Never. Um, but we definitely, I mean... Homes were more closed off. Oh, they for just sure. were. But I'm thinking, like, just right off the top of my head, uh, full house. Yes. Why did they have a door between the living room and the dining and kitchen area? Because it's two separate stages. <laughs> That's why you have to do it for but... practical reasons right. for the production, but not actually because of the layout of the home. And for the opportunities to say, "Can I talk to you in the kitchen?" So Tommy swings the door open and crawls into the kitchen, finds the dog bowl empty, and he's. Very upset, and Spike is in there. He has just finished the dog food, and he leaves the kitchen through the swinging door that Tommy just entered, and the other babies see him, and they're like, oh, my God, it worked. Tommy is a dog. So Tommy explains he found the dog food bowl, but it was all gone, so it didn't actually work. Uh, They all kind of pout for a second about, again, why they want to be dogs. And then they decide to take matters into their own hands and start climbing all over the counters um let's do this before we get into the brothers fighting because i have a lot of thoughts on this tell me yours first though this kitchen scene where they are trying to get the dog food how in the world do all of these adults sit in the living room and not hear all the chaos this is what i'm saying happening in the kitchen okay hashtag worked for 90s moms i guess kids, parents or sitcoms? I don't now, know. Now, I took really nerdy notes on this. Tell me more. Okay. Because, first of all, I wrote down every time there was a noise that should have alerted an adult. And it was something like, Lil cries. She's like, I want it to be. But she cries. Right. If your baby is not in the and you heard them crying in another room, you wouldn't assume they were upset because they wanted to be a dog and the dog food wasn't no, there. No, you'd be like, oh. Oh, they're injured. Right. They stubbed their to, toe. They yeah. fell. Right. 
So there's that. Then when they're all climbing on top of each other, trying to get to the top cabinet, Angelica literally yells at the top of her lungs, I can't go any higher. How do the parents not hear this? How do they not hear that and be like, I'm sorry, you can't, what? That sounds like a... It sounds like you might be putting yourself in a perilous situation. I, I agree, 100%. Uh, there are glass plates shattered all over the floor. And You're not going to miss the sound of glass shattering. I mean, not when they're watching the riveting tale of Little Red Riding Hood as told by Drew and Stu. I, I guess. I was shocked. So I timed. It's about four minutes in the cartoon. Are you kidding me? No. Four minutes of that 20%. episode? 20%. Four minutes of that episode was taken up by the kitchen scene? Yes. And, well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Four minutes is taken up from the time Tommy crawls away from his parents until he is reunited with his mom. It is for like four minutes and two seconds or which, something like that which in cartoon you, time in cartoon time <laughs> which in real life has to be at least let's say 20 minutes right at least right at least so her baby crawled away from her on his first birthday party into a kitchen for 20 minutes. for 20 minutes and all the adults are in the living room while children are screaming and crying and, and glasses, glasses shattering. shattering uh worked for 90s moms i guess question mark Let's get into the brothers here. Okay, but wait. Let's talk a little bit more. The other thing that's interesting about, well, not interesting, but the other thing that's funny about this kitchen scene, and I missed this, but somehow the kids managed to get the goddamn Hoverama to work. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I did not miss this because Chucky, my fave, had batteries in his pocket. How? Why? why? Who knows? Also, worked for (laughs) 90s kids, I guess. (laughs) Did you also notice at the very beginning of the episode when Tommy busted out of the high chair because he had a screwdriver taped taped underneath? He always has that, though. Why does a baby, why is a baby allowed to have a screwdriver? Well, I I imagine it's a Fisher-Price screwdriver. I don't think it's an actual screwdriver. I mean, I guess. But maybe it's the 90s, so who knows? Who knows? I was left alone in a car to roll down a hill in the South Bronx. Have you heard of it? Teeth cost 25 cents. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Okay. okay, so wait. So you're telling me Chucky had batteries like in his pocket? Yeah, there's like a heroic scene where they have the idea oh. and then he's like, I know. And then they That's do that right. angle where they're making him look all tall yes. and he like slowly raises it over his head. But um, so that. so Chucky's the one who ha- who saves the day. So they're hovering around the kitchen, to Chelsea's point, for like presumably 20 minutes in real time. Hovering around the kitchen on this invention, this dangerous invention. Making a huge mess. It's I really loved in this scene when Phil and Lil were trying to assist Chucky. And this is where you see, even though Chucky is super passive, mm-hmm. in this scene, he, he shines. He shines. And he's like, I got to go over. I'm going to bring him down over the water. Doesn't mm-hmm. he make a comment like that? He like does. he's like he's. He goes, don't worry. I'm going to bring him in over water. I love him. And he's like, I got to try again. And at some point he says something along the lines of, I have to concentrate or something like that. And it was just. Do you think that Chucky grew up to go to MIT and become an engineer? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what he's doing for sure. All right. So. The brothers. The brothers. Stu okay. and Drew. So now they're fighting. And they're, they've gone back to childhood. They're, they're not like, even trying to hide the fight. They're not even trying to hide the fight. Multiple people are trying to break them up at this point. Pops comes over and yells at them like a typical grandpa in the 90s. And in thing. case you guys are not doing your homework and watching this episode before listening to this podcast, they're fighting in 
a puppet stage. So it's essentially a large box with a cutout. Mm-hmm. And, and they're using the puppets to fight. Like the adu- the other adults who are trying to break up this fight are talking to the puppets. Right. Because Drew and Stu are, are crouched under. down <laughs> while they're puppeteering this terrible show. Terrible. Yes, terrible. So I laugh at this for very many reasons but you know i love mental health and therapy oh, and all that i knew you yeah. were all over this when uh-huh, I was watching i'm this all episode. over this scene so i'm like they are disassociating because if you use the <laughs> puppet to talk you don't have to take ownership for your own feelings for for so for some reason i think the puppets are actually what brought out this trauma in Stu and drew because they felt they had the freedom to hash it out Without actually having to take ownership for their own feelings. They could just blame it on the puppet. Agreed. For these four minutes, 20 minutes in real time, that the children <laughs> are alone, we're constantly going back and forth between the kitchen scene where the kids are destroying, destroying this kitchen. Yes. And the brothers fight, escalating. So it starts angry and people are trying to break it up. But then we pop in at the end and they're crying. Yes! They're crying, and Dee Dee is essentially trying to play therapist. Which, bringing back up before, when I said Stu doesn't have the batteries and he's visibly upset, and Dee Dee is comforting yes! him. Yes! Here she is again. She is a Ugh. nurturer. Dee Dee is, is a, a nurturer. nurturer. Yep. And Stu is in constant need of nurturing, whether it's his ego or his fragility his toxic masculinity we're not sure um (laughs) i guess we'll learn more as we watch so now tommy somehow gets into the living room i remember this scene so tommy's about to hit the door that swinging door between the kitchen and the living room Mm -hmm. and they're like ah and the twins was it the twins that opened up the door for him yeah it was the twins and Chucky guides him into the living room. Mm-hmm. Chucky is Chucky is not a very good no pilot. He he gets better as it goes on. But. I mean yes, and I guess to his in his defense, he is a baby. He's a baby. But he but Tommy makes it into the living room, and the adults are in the living room, and still no one notices that he's hovering around because. Dee Dee is busy trying to mediate this argument between the brothers and trying to comfort her husband. And then where does Tommy fall? He falls on Spike. And thank God. Thank God. I had to write that down a note because what would have happened if he would have fallen onto the floor? Well, it would have been a really bad. It would have been. And also, I think the season would be over because their protagonist would be dead. (laughs) (laughs) But that's fine. It'd be a one and done. (laughs) One and done. And the hoverama crashes into the cake. Yes. And that is fine. And it's only with the crashing of, of this the machine cake. into the cake that the adults are like, oh, yes. Children. The children. Yes. I that forgot. is what breaks them up from from somehow all of the adults' trance to not notice their children for 20 minutes in the real world. Do you think this would happen in real life? Do you think that you would not notice your kids but for the fact that they ruined a cake? I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to act like it's not a possibility because <laughs> it absolutely is. The the only Do I think it's unrealistic that I had left my one-year-old alone for 20 minutes? Like, no, I, I probably did. 
But I, the thing that shook me about this is I'm like, you don't hear the crying, the crashing, the screaming. <laughs> That's really where they lost me. Right, on, right. Um, Maybe if they had just been quietly. Yeah, if it were a quiet thing, I think I could believe it a little bit more. But it's fine. Um, the Hoverama crashes into the cake and Dee Dee, this is it for her. She's cracked. The party is ruined. This is the icing on the cake for Dee Dee, so to speak. But on the ruining of the party should we pretend that we have a producer and be like hey fred put in a drum roll hey josh put in a drum roll right here (laughs) i mean josh probably will be our producer (laughs) it's not that unrealistic um okay so it's 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 in the cake dd says the party is ruined Stu says ah my other favorite shirt how much do you think this shirt costs probably it's not bragging about this one this one i mean if it was a second favorite shirt maybe it was only a (laughs) hundred dollars only what a dick <laughs> what an idiot and now we're back to the part you know we're circling back to the beginning boris is judging the cake minka is standing up for her daughter so while this is going on with the cake the babies escape again the adults obviously have not been in the kitchen yet <laughs> because if they had they would not let the babies escape again that is a great point they obviously <laughs> have seen the wreckage yeah. because the kids are still allowed to just they would be back in around, their like... very safe playpen yeah super safe mm-hmm. it, it really did a good job of keeping them contained the first time around 100 need to be locked up in cribs <laughs> drop side cribs illegal drop side cribs worked for 90s moms it worked for 90s moms um so the the babies. All eat the dog food, immediately spit it out, obviously, because well, it's Grandpa gross. opens up. He, yes. He sees the can on the floor. That the kids dropped on the floor, right? Yes. And via it the hover out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thinks he, Spike wants it. Right. And he's like, oh, let me open this up for Spike. I mean, it's the least he can do if he's taking up a room in their home rent-free is, is feed, the, feed dog. the dog. But also, okay, this is interesting because I did not notice where he got the can opener out of because he had to open it oh with like, a can Oh, my gosh, opener. you're right. Did he, he have it in his pocket? pocket? Oh, oh God, no, I remember. He has a, like, one of those. Um, Pickle Leatherman? No, no, no. Well, like maybe. it's Army Knife? Swiss Army knife. Yes. Yep. That has, and he pops open the can opener one. Of course. And it's he does. an old school one. It's yes, like a, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, Which, yes. do you know how to work one of those? Of course I do. You do? What? An old I? No, I mean like the old school ones. Oh, like the. The one that you don't crank. That's oh. what Graham, that's what Pops yeah. has. Oh, damn. I got to check this out. I don't, I, I'm going to YouTube that later. My New Year's resolution for 2020. Starting now, because this year is a joke. This year has been awful. So can we start 2020 now? My it, my resolution for the day. second half of 2020 is to learn how to use an old school can opener. Okay, great. I'm I can get on board with that. Okay, so Pop he gives Spike the dog food, and Spike is like, "F this," and the babies see this as a golden opportunity. Golden opportunity. They are opportunists. Crawl over, eat it, spit it out immediately. Obviously, because it's disgusting. Of course. And then what does Tommy do? He's like, "Oh." feel something yes and then he starts fake barking which then all the other kids start acting like dogs barking crawling around scratching like they have fleas because no one wants to be left out of a good time of course not you don't want no if you're a dog i'm a dog if you're a bird i'm a bird so now they're now they're crawling around in a circle barking and then the parents all stop whatever the hell they're arguing about and they look at the kids and they're like oh wait they're having a good time yeah they have a real moment of sweetness yes you can see everybody's shoulders kind of relax and they come together and they just like stop and and savor the moment which as a parent when you have 
an event for your child is really all you care about, right? One hundred percent. As oh, long kids as your are kids are happy, good time, perfect. That's all that matters. Exactly. Um, and and then that's pretty much the end of the episode. There, Wait. Dee, Dee takes pictures. Yes. And then we close on seeing the photo album of the photos, which are the real deal. Yes. And I love her for that. So, yes. Dee Dee. Even though she might be a 2020 hashtag influencer in today's world, she's she's gonna show you the real stuff. She's she she's, she's the gonna put the effort in problems. Yeah, Instagram account. Like she's also going to show off her perfectly coordinated party. Of course, and but her really nice earrings. At the end of the day, you know she's gonna do a post and be like, "Well, Instagram. At least reality. they're happy. Right. Yep." And the show the real pictures. That the other thing that um I noticed. Well, I guess the other thing that I appreciated, I should say, is there was a physical photo album, which you don't see uh, very much. It's so anymore. funny because I was just thinking about this the other day. It truly, makes me sad. Even beyond the photos. So my my mom was telling me this, and maybe this could be a project for people. Like maybe this could inspire people to do this. She said one of her favorite things is that like. Her parents or grandparents or whoever would keep photos in a shoebox and they would just write like the year and the On names the of the, the people picture. in the photo. So it would be like 1973, Aaron, Glenn, and whatever. And um, so she can go through them and like kind of put puzzle pieces together. And she brought that up to me and said like our generation isn't going to have that. That so, makes like, me so sad. But we can do it because can. you can you can print you can throw pictures in a shoebox and mark the back of them for somebody to find as a treasure. You're right. And I I think that that should be a tradition. And we should do that. That we bring back. I agree. Okay. So the photo album, when I saw that, I thought, oh, I got to do that. And you know that as Tommy grew up, that was like such a good story. Exactly. To tell about Well, it's like, okay, guys, again, I don't think this is a parenting podcast. Maybe it will be. I mean, we're both moms. So it's hard not to talk about our kids. And the fact is that the people, 90s kids are of prime parenting age right now. They're That's either true. getting ready to that be parents, true. they are, or they their kids are just a little bit older. We wanted to move into our final segment, which is sort of like analyzing this version, this piece of the 90s, this yes. like golden piece of the 90s. And I love digging deeper into things. So I think that this is like a good lesson that could come away from the episode. And I, I feel like it's portrayed that at the end of the day, all that matters is that you make memories. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. There's no, your party's not ruined because the puppeteers didn't show up or right. because the cake is ruined or whatever the case may be. But did you make a memory? Yeah, they made a memory uh, for sure. Yeah, they absolutely did. You know, so um, I, I feel like that is a theme that we could carry with us. It, it, give me another one, Joe. Another theme from this episode? Yeah. Well, so, I don't know if it's necessarily a theme, but one thing that I really, that I actually loved about the episode is the fact that the brothers are arguing and mm-hmm. that they actually cry and they discuss their feelings. Yeah. Because that is not, especially for it to be two men, it's not something that at that point in time, particularly. I mean, it's even tough now. Yeah. But Quite especially, frankly. think about 30 years ago. Yeah. Can you imagine, like... Your dad and my uncle sitting and crying in a at a party no, and talking I about would, their feelings. It would f- scare the shit out of me, quite frankly. And everyone would probably be like, "Wow, we gotta go. We gotta go." So yeah. I really liked that. I did too, but I'm gonna tell you, um, 
same same but same but um conceptually something that i took away from the storyline of Stu and drew is that childhood trauma is real <laughs> and it sticks with you spicy it's memories spicy memories it's um <laughs> i just think it's interesting cuz i think like is i think about this a lot with my kids is we have no idea well i'm sure that child psychologists have an idea but me personally and you personally like have no idea how a kid's brain processes their version of trauma. Right. Do you know what I mean? You're so out. Yeah. And um, the fact is that if you can't clear that, it's going to stay with you until yeah. you are a 30-year-old man at your child's first birthday party and you're trying to do a puppet show with your brother and you end up crying. <laughs> so Stu and Drew, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, I hope that you guys have healed from your childhood <laughs> trauma. I hope your eye and your arm and your hearts are all healed. May your eyes, your arms, and your hearts all be strong. All right. Who was, who do you relate to the most? Um, okay. Okay. F- but it can't be who you want to relate That's to the most. I, fine. It's, I, it's, <laughs> That's fine. You know me listen, too well. I, I struggled with the same thing. Yeah, I know. It's all not right. who you want to relate to. It's who do you relate it's to. It's Dee Dee. I know. And Dee Dee, not to say that that is a shameful thing. There's right. a lot of things I like about Dee Dee. Yes. But she is not living in the moment. Right. She's a little panicked. Yeah. Over this party. And that is me to a T. Agreed. I I want the show to look good. And if it doesn't, (laughs) I'm a little bummed out. If you guys don't listen and rate us five stars, we're going to be super (laughs) sad. This is my warning. No. (laughs) Um, But I want to be Betty. I agree 100%. That is exactly how I feel. I see a lot of myself in Dee Dee and her desire to have everything be just right and look picture perfect. Mm -hmm. But then I see Betty and I'm like, that is actually who I aspire to be. I don't want to care. No. And let's talk about who had a better time that day. Dee Dee or Betty? It was absolutely Betty. She was not stressed. She gave zero shits. She probably, you know what? She probably had a cocktail at some point. I bet. And, but I like... She gives no shits, but I feel like she's not a bad mom. That oh, I don't. no. You know there what I mean? There is a difference There's between... There's a difference. There, yeah. No. Let, uh, disclaimer, giving not not giving a shit is not the same as not caring. Neglectful. Right. Exactly. Yes. If you can just, like, enjoy it. Sit right. back and be like... She appreciates having, it yeah. for what it is, and she recognizes that it's just a first birthday party. It's just a first and birthday party. As long as the kids have fun, that's what counts. Yep. And really, at the end of the day, what more do you need? You need pizza, cake, Alexa playing good tunes, the kids having fun, and the parents having cocktails. Exactly. That's all you need. Um, okay, let's end our podcast here with this question, and then we can just chat how we felt about our first episode. Do you think Tommy's first birthday party was a success? I do. I do, too. I do. I do, too. I feel like it's a really good story. And I think it's something that there's a lot of love. We have to. There's something. There's a lot of love in that house. You know what? The fact that you've got Stu and Drew's dad living in their house. You've got Boris and Minka coming to the party. You've got these friends, you know, Betty and Howard. What'd you say? Quirky. Quirky. Quirky These quirky friends. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even though uh, Drew's wife couldn't come, Angelica's mom couldn't come. Mm -hmm. Drew and Angelica still went. 
Yeah, good point. You can tell that they everyone loves. The, and know, nobody like, was talking shit about Angelica's mom. It, ooh, that is a really good point. Right? Nobody's like, where is? Where I don't is know her she? name yet. I don't remember. I it. forget her name. I think she's an attorney. I, well, she's definitely an attorney. You know what I was <laughs> thinking about today is her name is her name like Cindy. Did Angelica name Cynthia after her mom because her mom's <sighs> never around? Maybe. Maybe. Is it Deirdre? <laughs> ooh. Ooh, this is getting fun. Hey, <laughs> listeners, a.k.a. mom, <laughs> do you remember her? Do you remember her name? Do you remember her we're name? We're just going to Google it when we're done. Yeah. But if anyone remembers, let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I you're right. There was a lot of love in this episode. Yeah, a yeah. lot of love. A lot of love. And I love, like, the final picture that they show in the album is all the adults. Yes. Just embracing the chaos and all yes. the kids, like, acting like dogs on the floor and Everyone in that moment is happy. And it's funny that you talk about embracing the chaos. Chelsea and I have talked about this a few times. The best part, we have found that our happiest moments, not even when we're together, although we are together a lot. A lot. But is this, like, I'll call it controlled chaos. When Mm -hmm. you have just, like, a house full of your favorite people being loud and you know laughing loudly and making a lot of noise and you've got music playing in the background and the kids are making a ton of noise and they're making a mess everywhere that is that's what are coming in and out yes that's what memories are made of and when they leave you definitely need to clean your house (laughs) and you're definitely sad about it yeah Dee Dee and Stu definitely need to clean their kitchen we did it joe we did it we recorded our first all right guys listen this is so fun this is the plan moving forward so today we talked about the rugrats next time we're not sure what we're going to talk about yet hey guys thank you so much for listening to our very first episode we had so much fun recording this we've already got a whole bunch more episodes recorded and ready to go so we hope to see you next week back here um Also, if you want to follow us on social media, um, we're on Instagram at WorkedFor90sKids. Just like that, without the apostrophe between 90 and S. Also, you can email us at WorkedFor90sKids at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your stories, your nostalgia, all that fun stuff, ideas for future podcasts. And uh, yeah, so just wanted to come on here, say thanks for listening, and see you next week.